acts of prayer. So adoration was last week, this week confession, next week thanksgiving, and the last week uh, will be, um, what's the last week? Supplication, thank you, thank you very much. So let me start on confession. This was such a, a perfect one for me because I so um, brightly remember what God taught me about confession that so um, took me to a different level in my devotional life when I understood confession because it can be kind of uncomfortable or it can be very routine right? I lied, you know, everyone raised Catholic in here, nothing offense, but, you know, you just, I lied three times, I stole twice, you know how you did that whole thing, right? Uh, or it can be a nervous thing, like, I got to say what I just thought, you know? Um, so it's powerful, though, and I hope that you'll see that by the end of this night. If you don't already know that, I hope that you do by the end of the night. Um, so let me start with this. Eternal life is all about intimacy, an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. Amen? That's John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that we should know him. So it's all about that. And our time of devotion each day is the foundation we use to build that relationship with him and hopefully live out of we talk about that in the men's ministry. Hopefully we have that time of devotion, but it's something we don't just do there and, oh, that was really cool, and on we go and sin the rest of the week. No, it's something where he's changing us and we take that out into the day. So our time of devotion is so key. And a vital, vital component of that is confession. It's so important Hopefully this will blow you away. If somebody already knows that, then praise God, you're in a great place. But if you don't know it, this is, gonna, this is really going to help your relationship with the Lord. So what I briefly want to show you before we break up into our prayer time to, to now is the relationship, no pun intended, between confession and our fellowship with Jesus. Okay? I want to show you that. Because any relationship, I also want to show you that any relationship whether it be with our wives, with, with our brothers, whatever, but especially with God, must be founded on truth. And, and we're going to see that truth and confession are also very closely related, okay? Because we need that complete transparency, that total openness and honesty before God. It's so vital, and we're going to see that in Scripture. It's how we build intimacy in the relationship. So dealing with the truth, confessing out of the truth when we're not walking in it, as we do that, it's building up intimacy with God when we're totally honest before him. And when we do this, it's gonna, it leads to a greater joy in our life. So this is what I want to show you. This is what I want to point out from a passage in Scripture. I want you to see this so you know it's out of the words. That's not Bob's opinion. It's, it's truth. And, and so we want to embrace it fully. So that... I mean, how many guys would love to be more intimate with Jesus, more sensitive to hear the Spirit speak to you, no matter what he does now, and how many guys would like also greater joy in their life, in their walk with God? Anybody want that? I know. I hope you raised your, you raised your hands on that one. So I want to read. What I want to do is, again, go quickly through and point these things out to you and show you in Scripture so let's read through 1 John 1 together. If you've got your Bibles with you, your Bible apps or whatever, uh, open up to 1 John 1. And an awesome thing, hopefully I don't uh, push this out too far, but I'm reading this book on intimacy with God by J. Oswald Sanders. 
And I kind of read it like casually, like, oh, I'm reading a bunch of different things, mostly the word. But I go, oh, I think I'll read the next chapter in this book. So, of course, I've got this all planned out, what I'm going to share on involving confession today. So yesterday I opened up the book to go into the next chapter. And what do you think it's on? Intimacy requires cleansing. And he teaches the chapter from 1 John chapter 1, which is just what I'm teaching on tonight. So a great confirmation from the Lord. And we'll see that in 1 John, the, the part of cleansing that's so important for us. So let's uh, go to, I'm going to open him here in 1 John. I want to just read through it. I want to point these things out to you. And, and I want you to really be thinking about these things and, and, and either reminding yourself or seeing it for the first time saying, oh, yeah, I see that. So there's a relationship there, right? We understand context. We're all men of Calvary Chapel, South Bay of Calvary Chapel. We understand context in the Bible. So when we see these three things, fellowship, truth and confession in this passage, I, I want you to really hold on to the fact of how important they are related together and, and how we have to kind of embrace all of them. And when we do, then it's going to be for our good in our relationship with God. Okay. Amen. So let's just read through it real quick and I'll point these out. Starting in verse 1, 1 John 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. So John's talking about Jesus, obviously. He, he's seen and he's heard the things that Jesus did. Now verse 3, this is the first key verse. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. How? And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. So this passage, amongst other things, is talking about our fellowship with Jesus. Verse 4, and these things we write to you that you, your joy may be full. We'll get back to that. Verse 5, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice what? The truth. The light reference and truth have a relationship here. They're similar. Light is used in a lot of different ways in the Bible. In this case, it definitely applies with truth. Okay, so if we're not walking according to the truth, if we're not walking in the light, but we say we have fellowship with Jesus, then we're lying. Then the truth's not in us at all. So there's a relationship there. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Now, this means a couple of things, but the main thing out of this is we have fellowship one with another, me and Jesus, you and Jesus, okay? That's, that's part of that. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth, the truth again is not in us. But if we confess our sins, there's the confession part. If we confess our sins, if we agree with him that these are sins, if we speak them out to him that these are sins in, in my life, this is sins Bob has done, so we're not talking about I'm a sinner, generalization. If we confess, if Bob confesses his specific sins, whatever those are, right? Because we're talking about fellowship with Jesus now. So I'm talking to the one who knows everything already, and when I want intimacy, so I'm being totally honest and open with him. So I'm confessing the things that the Spirit brings up in my mind, and I'm not shying away from them, and I'm, I'm saying, yes, I did that. I I. I acted that way towards my wife. I did this with my kids. 
right? I was not gentle with them. I lost it. Whatever it is, but specific sins that I've done. If I confess those sins, he is faithful, and this is so important now, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is so amazing, an amazing thing. Uh, A couple years ago, God really ministered to me in this area. I was hammering myself just from, and maybe you've been there, you can relate, finding myself as I sit with the Lord and we're having that time with him and, and realizing, man, I was talking to you about this two years ago, Lord. I, w- I was doing this same stupid thing three years ago, six months ago. Have you done that? Have you found that? Of course. We don't, I'd love it if we just lost it like that and never did those things. Like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Okay, I'm done with that. Never going to do that again. Never going to lose my temper. Never going to want to point at the other driver in a certain way, you know, whatever it is, you know, I don't want to do that. We know we don't want to do that. The things I I want to do, I don't do, right? The things I don't want to do, I do. But then God, and and I was beating myself up, and and I really, this is from my heart. This is is just, I'm telling you, my, my own faults. There were so many things I saw that, man, I haven't grown. I got it, but that didn't really change out of it. I didn't really repent because if I repented, I'd be in another direction. I, I wouldn't have done that particular thing. There are some things that, praise God, that I, I don't do that I did before, but I still battle with some things. And I saw that, and I was what I was doing reacting was it was all on me. We talked about it's not about us, right? It's about him. So I was beating myself up. Like, oh, my gosh, God, wouldn't want, you don't even want to talk to me anymore. You're not going to want to. You know, speak to me, Holy Spirit, and show me things out of the word that I need to see and, and show me where I'm at and where I need to go next. I'm not going to hear your voice. And then it's like he spoke to me so clearly, and I suddenly realized, wait a minute. Well, I've been battling these things over the last three, four, five years. I've been having these incredible devotional times in the word with you, and you've been speaking to me and speaking to me and showing th- things in the word. And it was such a revelation that... Those things that we battle with, God is not surprised with. And this is an important thing we need to realize about confessing and being brutally honest with the Lord is it's not like God doesn't know these things ahead of time that he needs us to tell him, right, for his benefit so he can go, oh, man, I can't believe you were doing that. Check that thing off, you know. Can't have fellowship with Bob for three months, you know, like Catholic, you know, go say three out fathers or whatever. Yep, can't talk to me for three months, can't hear from me for three months. No, he didn't do that. He just kept talking to me, talking to me. It didn't matter. And I realized that all of a sudden, and it like uh, exploded this revelation in me. The Holy Spirit just like, it gave me such a freedom to be more brutally honest, more uh, looking at myself more closely and what were my actions, how am I dealing in my relationships with my wife, with my kids, with my brothers in Christ, with my family, with my neighbors, with my coworkers, everything, to, to feel free to look at those things and look at them honestly because I suddenly realized and should have seen earlier that because of those things, God isn't going to bail out on me. What does it say? Uh, God, he will never leave you nor forsake you, right? That's never. So now, understand, I think chapter 3 of 1 John, habitual sin's a whole other story. If we're living in habitual sin, we've got a serious problem. And, and, it's, and it's an issue with fellowship again. We can't really have fellowship with Christ if we're habitually sinning. 
Okay, so you, you gotta you know you gotta know the difference there. I'm talking about the battle we all share that sins come. We sin at time. We're walking with Christ. We understand. We believe the truth, and and then at times we blow it. And, and and but God will minister to us, and He doesn't just give up on us as a result. Okay, so that was a, an amazing revelation for me, and that's why I feel if if we can embrace what this talks about, and we see that in there, John uh, John is talking about that fellowship we can share that He has with Christ. We can we're also meant to have that fellowship with Jesus, with the living God. We're meant to have that, but that fellowship has to be based on truth. He is the truth. And, and because it's untruth, when we're not walking in the truth, when we're not walking in the light, amen, what we read there, then, then the fellowship is not there. It's broken. It's not impossible. It's there on his end, but it's been, we've blocked it off because we're not facing the truth. We're not dealing with the truth in myself. How can God work in me, which he wants to do and is doing, but how can he work in those areas if I won't see those areas where I'm sinning. Amen? Romans 7 talks about it. We must see that our sin is exceedingly sinful. So we can't be thinking, deceiving ourselves. We've got to watch for that as part of confession. We can't be thinking like, eh, it wasn't too bad a sin. Mario's sin, psh, he's worse than mine. Mine, mine. So mine's not so bad. So I, don't, I can still have fellowship with God, and I'm okay. Mario's got work to do. You know, no, we can't do that. We have, I have to see that my sin is exceedingly sinful. So I have to see those things. I have to deal in truth. But what this, is teach, what this taught me, and I hope is teaching you, and I hope if you, if you knew this, if you saw this before that you're seeing it fresh now, is that if I see that truth, I'm walking in the light. If I see that truth and I confess that truth to him, that means I'm walking in the light. Or in John chapter 3, near the end, it talks about those who won't come into the light so that their sins, their evil deeds may be seen, right? But us who are walking in the light with Christ will step into the light and go, okay, God, what am I doing? Where am I at? Show me. I mean, I know I'm not perfect, but show me those specific things where I'm falling short of your glory still. And I want to do those things right because I, I desire that deep intimacy with you. So I don't want to be blind to those things. So if I won't face those things, God can't deal with them. He's, he's, and he'll bring those circumstances into our lives, amen, to kind of wake us up to it, right? Whether it's a blow up in our relationship with our wife or something happens with the kids to the point where finally we go like, what in the world is going on? And we start facing it like, well, wait a minute. I just raged on my son there. That's the problem. That's why he's not listening to me because when he backtalked me, I just I lost it. Or, or whatever, whatever it is. That's just one example. Do you understand what I'm saying there? So, but I have to face that. If anything's to be done, if I don't see what I've done, then, then, then I can't. God isn't, isn't going to be able to deal with me. I'll be this, that stubbornness, like Moses beating the rock. You know, he had to be shown what he was doing there to God's people. So if we embrace those truths, you will discover, I guarantee if you embrace this and really keep it always present in your mind in your relationship with the Lord, you're going to discover over time more and more as he solidifies what you're seeing, as he did for me, uh, he's going to deepen that intimacy. It's going to be more personal because when you can show the worst of yourself to God, which, of course, he knows, but if you face it and you talk about your worst to God and confess it, and he just walks you through it gently and lovingly, he doesn't beat you up over it, the more you see that, the more solid you'll be and like, man, I am secure in Christ. 
the blood of Christ definitely really does cleanse me from all unrighteousness. It really does save me. I am righteous before the Father. And that would just free us up to be totally honest with God. And when you can be totally honest with someone and they still love you, think of any good relationship you have. might be a good buddy you've known for years. Hopefully it's your wife and that's grown over the years and you see that. When you can do that and they still love you, even they may say, like, what? You, you can't do that, Bob. They may do things like that, but you know, you see, they're with you. They still love you. They think the world of you still. They still love you. That's powerful. That's powerful. And when it's the God of heaven who is perfect and holy, that's an amazing truth to grasp a hold of. So that will definitely deepen our intimacy with him. And, and as a result of that, it will give us a greater joy, right? It talks about that in verse 4. I wanted to come back to that where it says, after he talks about the fellowship, and he says, and these things we write to you, that's what he just wrote plus what's coming, we write to you that your joy may be full. And that's what I said. Who doesn't want to be more joyful, right? It ain't going to be in the world right now, amen? You're all wearing masks again, right? And all the other junk that's going on. It ain't going to come from the world. The joy is only in him. And, and, and that can be full through this. It's realizing this, the depth of intimacy he wants to have. And confession enters us into that is a vital part of, of entering us into that deeper, more honest relationship with him where we just know that we know. And who doesn't want that? So I want to close real quick. Uh, uh, close real quick. Uh, I want to close with, uh, I just want to read through most of Psalm 51 because the Lord kind of led me to this late. And I want to, I want to read through it and just, I'll put emphasis as I'm reading it, so I'm not going to like teach out of it, but I just want you to hear some of these verses to show the confirmation of it, how much it relates to 1 John 1, 1 that we just talked about. Uh, because it go, through Scripture, is this truth is in there. So as you're reading, you'll see this truth about this intimacy God wants to have, and it has to be based on truth, and he gives us the security to do that because of his awesome love, his awesome grace. Amen? So, but we need to connect all those dots. It's not, oh, grace, I, I, my sins aren't counted against me. I get to go to heaven, blah, 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 blah. No, we need to get this. It, it leads us into deeper intimacy with him. We really more and more recognize his voice, recognize when he's moving in our lives, know when he's speaking to us and what he's talking about. More and more and more and more, deeper, deeper and deeper. And that just brings joy. How can it not when the, the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, we recognize, yeah, I'm not just saying, yeah, God speaks, spoke to me, or I'm not making it up like some of the televangelists, like God is saying something to me right now, you know. But we know God is really talking to us because we recognize it because why? Because what he's speaking is truth about right where I'm at. So when he said, when I'm starting to recognize, oh, I just read that and God's saying like, you know, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Okay, yeah. God is speaking to me because I wasn't doing that just now. Amen? Amen, you married men? Come on. Maybe the wives aren't listening. Okay? You do that. You know we do that, but that's when you recognize it. Okay? But we got to get into that habit of that facing the truth of ourselves. We can't be afraid to do that. It is the truth, but it actually frees us rather than being like, oh, man, Adam and Eve, we're going to hide in the, in, in the garden so God can't see me. No, we, that, just, that just kept the sin thing rolling and led to murder and so on and so forth. No, we got to go like, yeah, I did this, God. And rather than being like, oh, I'm in trouble now, you know, like when we were kids, no. 
His love is amazing. His grace is amazing. He forgives us. He teaches us out of it. He just gathers us even closer and teaches us more and more, and he walks with us through it all. And he shows us that if you don't do this, if you follow me, it will mean the fullness of joy in your life. Amen? Amen. So let's look at, real quick, if you can, I'll read it otherwise, Psalm 51. I just want to read through this, and then we'll break off into prayer groups. It says, have mercy, and think about what we just talked about, right? So this whole idea of fellowship, of confessing our sins, the truth that requires us to do that, and then the fellowship that then compounds or grows out of that. So our fellowship we have with him, which includes confess, dealing on a truthful basis, which is truth about his love for us, all he did for us, but it's truth about our sins so that we can grow in him and then our fellowship grows that much more. So for Psalm 51, verse 1, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Listen to that, the tender mercies, right, his loving kindness. Always see that in relationship, the verse that's talking about my transgression and all that. It's always interrelated. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. I mean, he's laying it all out, definitely here, David, huh? Total honesty, total brutal honesty against himself. Behold, you desire what? Truth in the inward parts. I've got to deal with it, not just this, not just blah, 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 blah. Truth in the inward part. i got to see it. i got to admit it to myself. or ain't going to mean anything. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I will be clean. What does First John talk about? He will faithful and just to cleanse us, right? Forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. What a promise there. So he cleanses us from all our unrighteousness. He doesn't hold back a little bit of his anger against what we sinned. Yeah, I forgive you. Oh, I'm going to get this guy. I tell you, I'm going to get this Bob. I'm going to trip him up one day. I'm gonna... No, he doesn't do that. Whiter than snow. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It's as if we hadn't sinned. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. It's brutal sometimes to be honest and confess to the Lord, but it's all going to lead to joy and health, spiritual health. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. I love these next three verses. Create in me a clean heart, O God. So he keeps, he keeps working on us as we live in this and grow in this whole idea of, of fellowship that has confession and truth but brings forgiveness and cleansing. Chapter 2 of First uh, John 1 starts out with, uh, these things I tell you that you need not sin. So, yeah, people say we'll never be sinless. That isn't even the point. We, sh- we will sin less and less and less than we are meant to. That's what we're meant to do. So as we grow in Christ, that's what we do. And it's a continual thing. It'll be a continual battle, but we are to grow in Christ and sin less. Okay? And so that talks about that. He's going to uh, clean our hearts out so the confession comes. I may have to confess again. I'm not saying we won't repeat it ever again because we got this body of sin to deal with, right? We got the devil to deal with. We got the world that just does it as a matter of natural uh, living all the time. So we have that influencing of it. It's a battle here, and it will always be a battle here, okay? 
and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away, verse, verse 11, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. What is this talking about? When, when I think this way about my sins and I come at them from that angle rather than like, okay, I did a sin, God. God, I sinned against you. Hear, hear David talk about that against you and you alone have I sinned. But in that verse, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit. I love Christ. I want to have that fellowship with him. There's nothing like sitting with the word open before the Lord and having the Holy Spirit speaking to me and having that, that fellowship with him and reading things, not just get the knowledge of what the Bible says and understand it correctly, but they hear the Holy Spirit speak to me out of that. And when you know he's done it, there's nothing like it because it's the God of heaven the Almighty God that is, is doing that. That's an incredible thing. So that verse shows that passion to want to be, I don't want to lose this. Yeah, I, I said, you're not going to lose it. If you're living this way, you're walking in the light. You're not going to. We think that way, but we're not. But yet that word there is not saying that. It's showing the passion for that relationship with them. Amen? You get that? That's an amazing verse. Verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Love that verse as it relates to 1 John. As I'm living in that life of confession, dealing from a basis of truth, he actually establishes my peace, my joy, and builds the love relationship between him and me. He actually grows that with me. The joy not only comes back where I'm like, oh, no, I can't believe I keep doing this. He brings that not only that joy back, and when I realize he's always been there for me and still loves me, he increases my joy. He makes, as verse 4 in 1 John 1 says, my joy full. And we want that, right? We want that joy to be full, and he promises that to us. And then I just jump down to verse 17. Finally here it says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. You see how powerful that is in relationship to 1 John, what I was just talking about, what that says? See, God wants that, so we don't have to fear that. Don't let the devil rip you off and like, ooh, you've had it now. You know, like your brother or your sister might think, oh, they caught you doing something, you're in trouble now, dad's going to get you, right? No, it ain't that. God's like, come, come. Come, I'm going to do it. He loves that. If I do that with that heart of do not cast your presence away from me, God, if that's my spirit, like, oh, man, like David, oh, when he got busted by Nathan, finally, God, I'm so sorry, man. Don't, don't cast me away from your presence. What is there apart from God's presence, right? And so you can know that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. So just be honest with it with God and, and speak those things fully knowing that he loves you that he doesn't he doesn't want you to sin he loves you despite of that he saved you despite of that but he also doesn't want you to sin because he wants he made you for that deep intimacy where none of that darkness is involved and, and we battle that here but with that with confession and dealing that truthfully with God we can clear away that darkness it's like it's like between us and God I can clear that a bit away and, and I can also have that, that, that even deeper intimacy with him because that's coming out of him. My desire matters, you know, if I'm willing, as, as Deuteronomy talks about. But he, 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 I'm clearing the way to, for me to see that, oh, my gosh, he's just amazingly loving. This is just amazing. And so he wants that. We can be broken. We can be honest before him, not be prideful. That's going to actually enter us into a deeper intimacy with him. And that is just amazing to me. 
And so finally, as you break into your groups, pray for one another first and foremost um, to that God, um, that the Spirit will help you to grow in this, that, that he'll fight for you against the lies of the enemy, that he will show you that you can have this honesty with him, and it's through that honesty he will forgive you. He is faithful to do that, and he'll cleanse you from all that, and through that he'll draw you closer to him, and he'll do that. And, and also don't be afraid if it comes up to ask. It's like if you have a particular battle going on with sin, you don't have to be specific. It just it depends on where you're at. We're not, not looking to embarrass anybody, even though we all know we fall short in some way. Uh, but, but if you feel like, yeah, I'm just struggling with this sin, it was sin so much lately, you know what it is. You don't have to even name it. Okay, maybe someone will just pray in that area for you. God knows, and he'll do that. So if you want to do that, but mostly we want you to understand and pray from the standpoint of, of wanting that kind of a, a greater relationship in that way. Maybe you do that somewhat now. Maybe you do it like a lot, and this is a light came on years ago, and it's something you just enjoy, and you're seeing what I'm saying. You're going, amen, amen. Or maybe you're just like, yeah, I heard that, but... Yeah, I need to have that, so pray for that. But understand this, and Albert in our meeting really brought this up. Understand, we're going to pray now. This is the starting of it, in a sense, to pray focused on this idea of confession and the cleansing that comes from it and the building up of our intimacy with Jesus and the joy it brings in our life. We're going to start it here, but this is for you guys. This is for you. These, these things are for you. To grow one-on-one in your time with Jesus, yeah, you'll share this with your brothers. You'll be living it out amongst the body of Christ and in the world, right, as that light that shines in the world. But this is for you. This is to grow in your relationship with Jesus so when you spend that time with him, you understand, yeah, he deserves my complete adoration, right? And if I confess to him, he is so loving, so faithful and just. He's going to forgive me, cleanse me of it, and we're going to get closer and closer and closer. And I'm going to live more righteous in this life, and I'm going to serve him greater because that's, he's doing that cleansing work in my life. And man, I'm going to be, I'll be so thankful when I do that, and that thankfulness will come out, and that thankfulness will bring a greater joy because it, it brings us back to the adoration, and then we'll feel perfectly safe in our supplications to him. Because he's built that intimacy with us as we rightfully adore him for who he is. And as we free ourselves up from the bondage of sin and the lies of the devil by confessing our sins openly, honestly before him, it's going to bring that thankfulness forth. And we're just getting in our relationship. That supplication is going to be like, yeah, I'm just asking my Abba Daddy for this. And you're going to have that kind of relationship with him. So it's all there. But we've got to learn that confession thing tonight. So, so be focused on that. Think about that. Talk about that. Pray about that. Take that home with you and incorporate that and the adoration when you spend your time with the Lord. Adore him for a period of time in that devotion, right? Look at your own life and try to be open to finding those things you know you need to just voice them to the God so you can get them off. And ask him with all your heart, with that broken and contrite heart, to forgive you. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for this fellowship, but we mostly, Lord, we thank you for just your love, your amazing forgiveness, your unbelievable love and mercy and grace. Thank you so much that when we do confess our sins to you, Lord God, you treat us so, uh, you're the epitome of love. You treat us so gently, so kindly. You are so long-suffering with us, Lord God, and we are so thankful for that. We are so amazed. In some sense, we can't even understand that. How can we? You are so amazing, Lord God. So, so help us to see this. Help us to grow an understanding of this gift of confession that you give us, that it might open us up 
to a deeper relationship with you, greater intimacy, more personal, more real, Lord God, and that it would free us from the bondages of sin and the lies of the devil who tries to hold us back, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy our intimacy with you, Lord God, and, our, the, and the light that would shine forth because of that very real intimacy with you shine to a world right now that needs to see you so much, Lord. So in our time of prayer, speak to us and guide us in our conversation and in our prayers, Lord, and work even now in our hearts, Lord, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you. We praise your name. And we do all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's men said, amen.